One. Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by my playing partner, Mr. Andrew Hansen. Happy Cinco de Mayo, Andrew. How are you doing today? Same to you, but 5-5 uh, five, five, May 5th here. We don't want fives this weekend with our golfers. We want fours and threes. We want birdies. We, do. we want pars on some of these tougher, longer par threes. And uh, it's not a great course for scoring ultra low. So we got to battle and avoid those fives. And absolutely, the sixes can't have any of those. No, I think the five number may be five under. I think that would be terrific. <laughs> yeah, that's Shoot a good it. start crisp 66 and and you'll be all set oh yeah but yeah we we have the wells fargo championship at the quail hollow club and it's a par 71 and listen to this andrew 75 21 so get out the big sticks amateurs Uh, need not apply no no thank you playing from the tips like those guys (laughs) do no chance but you know not one nice thing too is uh, the weather looks good for the whole four days uh, in Charlotte, so no no rain really. Maybe a sprinkle one day, but more than likely not. Not any high winds, so it's just going to be uh, you know get out the big sticks and see if you can tackle the the long course that uh, is pretty tough. But it should be a fun tournament. Yeah, yeah, that the players are probably happy about that weather report, and it is really challenging. You know, the record score here is 17 under for, from Rory, who has been excellent on this course. And a lot yeah. of these guys have a lot of experience here. Wells Fargo playing there year after year. The 2017 PGA Championship was there. The 2025 right. PGA Championship is going to be played there. So yeah. I, I think that's part of the reason why a lot of the big names are here, because it, it has these important events there other than just the annual tournament. But uh, yeah, the, the length is important. Uh, driving is important. We've got the the closing green mile. Uh, this is a good you know summary of this course. 506 yard par four, 16th. Then how about par three, 17th? That's 223, and then a closing par four of 494. Oh so my gosh! You got it. You got to really do well off the tee here, and you have to be able to handle these longer par fours. It's it's going to be a test. I mean, I I'm interested to see what the scores are. I mean that that score by Rory is pretty astounding. But I mean it's I mean there's there's tough spots on this course. You know there's water enough that uh, seven holes uh, have water that comes into play. So you not only have to be long, you have to be pretty accurate too. So it should be a a, a super tournament. You know you had mentioned some of those holes coming down the stretch. But when you have eight par fours over 450 and two par fours over 500, oh my gosh, I'd I'd be in big trouble. That's all I can say. I mean, That's... seriously, a lot of the courses that amateurs, us amateurs play, obviously some of those holes would be par fives. So yes. Oh, is, no doubt. It is, a, it is a tough test. And that's really the key stat that I dug into this week, Coach. I looked at the rankings for par four scoring between 450 to 500 yards this year on the PGA Beautiful. Tour. So let's let's look at some of the guys in the top 20 who are playing this week. Number sure. 1 coach is an important name, James Hahn. Oh and boy. He you know, he's our guy. We play him occasionally. He's 6800 on DraftKings. He's a value play. So let's just jump right to the value play this week wow. cuz last week went pretty well with our man Keegan Bradley, mid-tier oh. 
finishing he second. almost did it. Almost did it. <laughs> almost paid off those 70 to 1 tickets we were holding. Oh. Uh, he did pay off the top 20, so it was profitable. Yeah. Could have been yeah. ultra profitable, but uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll tip our caps to you, Keegan. That was that was that was very solid. Um, he was our really the the guy we both agreed on, and out of nowhere, it was it was an interesting uh, run there towards the end. That one ball he hit in the water just literally sunk our chances. Yes. But uh, uh, until then, man, I thought he was going to win it. I really did because you know Burns had never won a tournament, and you figured you know. Keegan had won a major for crying out loud. He'd be tough down the stretch, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, I know. I, I'm right with you there. So uh, let's see about James Hahn this week. Now, he's not, uh, I don't have quite the same feeling about him because his recent performance, he's missed a couple cuts here in individual events. But at that Valspar, he did have a second round 68. So he missed the cut, but he Ooh. finished strong. And he loves this course. He won in 2016. And when the PGA Championship here was held here in 2017, he finished tied for 13th. So he just he feels really comfortable here. Nice value play. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put him out there for sure. Well, if we put a few bucks on Keegan at 70 to one, would you believe James Hahn is 180 to one? Yeah, I, I, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Again, if you if you're gonna bet a long shot like that, also bet them to play uh, finish yeah. top 20. Top so 20, that they have a sure. solid week, you profit and, and stagger it so that if they make the top 20, but they don't win, you're profitable. Right. All right. Let's continue. I agree. Yeah. Let's continue on this list here. Patrick Reed is third okay. in this stat. He handles the long par fours. We know that he is yeah. excellent on these tougher courses. I'd rather actually not talk about Patrick Reed because I had him in my lineups last week. He missed the cut by one down the mm. stretch with Phil. They both you know, blew it, uh, the back nine in, in the second round. So that made it tough, uh, last week, but he's, he's back and ready to go. He also finished high in that PGA championship in 2017. He finished tied for second. So nice. no surprise that he likes this course. Uh, Russell Henley, 7,900, nice value play. He's had a couple top tens recently on the PGA tour. Sung J M is good at the long par fours. We know that. Right. Here's another. You just got to make those putts, and he's he's good. There you go. Uh, here's another value play, Justin Sa, and we've played him mm. a couple times over the last year. He's made his last few cuts, only 6100, uh, but he can handle these these holes. So keep an eye on him. Big value. The other guys here uh, between 10 and 20 who are playing this week, Emiliano Grio. Uh, he's had a couple recent top tens. He's eighty one hundred on DraftKings, not too bad. Bryson back first tournament mm -hmm. since the Masters. He's eleven thousand. Uh, you got to pay up if you if you want to invest in him. He did finish fourth in this event in twenty eighteen. So how does he re respond after the layoff? We are going to find out. Definitely. I'll tell you what's impressive, Andrew. Do you know that this tournament, uh, 10 of the top 15 players in the world are playing, including four of the top five. So it's a stronger field than I anticipated coming into this week. I think uh, everybody's trying to just sharpen it up before the PGA, I guess, is what the plan is. Plus, it's always good to play a tournament on a course that you know has a major coming up down the road in a couple of years. Definitely. I agree completely. Yeah. Uh Next on the list, Matt Wallace, 7,500. Yeah. There's a lot of buzz about him. Yeah, he's been playing reason. well lately. 
Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a value option. Another cheap guy here, Scott Piercy, 6,200. He has not been playing well, and he's a guy no. that I don't like to roster. He's very volatile, but he's one of those guys where if I don't roster him, then he pulls a top 15, and yeah. you wish that you had. But, you know, his recent form is, is shaky at best, so I'm, I'm probably going to fade him. Justin Thomas is next on this list, and yeah. He is uh, going to be an important figure to consider this week. I, I want to know if you're ready to pay up for him because he is the guy who won the PGA Championship on this course in 2017. Yeah. That means a lot for sure. Plus, he's the co-favorite yeah. right now based on betus.com.pa's uh, odds. He and Rom are tied at 11-1 for the favoritism. So, you know, he certainly deserves it with that past performance. Uh, Carlos Ortiz... 20th yeah. on this list. Uh, surprisingly, he's missed three cuts in a row. Wow. So you got to play the the turnaround game if you want to invest in him. And then it's I'll not mention super duper cheap either. Not super duper cheap, but uh, cheap enough because of that performance. At least on DraftKings, 7400. Yeah. And then Webb Simpson, he's 21st. Uh, no shock that uh, you know tough par fours uh, he can handle. So that's the group uh, of guys right around the top 20 on that stat who are going to play this week. Interesting. Let me give you the the real quick uh, top 10 in odds. Uh, there's definitely some shifting. So there's some money coming down on this tournament for sure. But as I mentioned, Thomas and Rom are 11 to 1 favorites. Then Bryson at 14 to 1. The guy that's getting play, and I, he always gets play, it's McElroy. And he hasn't won. When's the last time he won? A couple of years ago? That's I mean, it seems question. like. It does seem like that. Yeah, he's he's actually the next choice at 19 to 1. He passed Shoffley, who's now down to 20. Hovland, who's really rounding into shape with the th- a third yet last week. He's 22 with Simpson. Uh, Tony Finau getting some play. He's moved up uh, several spots to 28 to 1. The guys that have fallen back to the pack that are all really good. You know, prices at 30 to 1, you can't beat it. Cantley, Connors, and Reed. I like all three of those guys right now. Um, and so they're right in the thick of it. And then here's a guy that's taken the biggest jump in the odds. He went from 40 to 1 to 25 to 1. So somebody put some serious cash on him. Believe it or not, that's my man, Will Zalatoris. So somebody's got the inside skinny on, on Will this week. So we'll see if, if that, uh, that movement in the odds pays off. So, but yeah, a lot of. What did, I wanted to ask your feel on Will because I, I did see a, a note on him that he uh, last couple of weeks I noticed he wasn't playing. He bought a right. house down yeah. near you and he got engaged. So I, I feel did. like he's he's kind of uh, you know this is an opportunity for some volatility. He either feels amazing after doing all that and he just crushes it and. Yeah. You know he's he does have a lot of experience in the area going to Wake Forest, which is in North Carolina. Or yeah. does all that distract him and he finally is is more human and he and he plays poorly? I, I tend to think more of the former that he's worth looking at. Um, what are your thoughts? You know it, it's a split decision for me. I, everything you brought up there is all valid, and I really don't know. I think he's either going to do really well or really bad because. <laughs> You know, if you look at those, you know, the distractions the last couple of weeks and not playing in tournament golf, I mean, getting engaged and buying a house, those are all humongous life things going on. So 
certainly distracted from the game. But, you know, like you said, that those are some of his old college stomping grounds. He's played that course plenty of times, you know, with uh, going to Wake Forest right there in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, beautiful area, by the way. I love that area. And so, I mean, he's familiar with the weather, the greens, the the whole, uh, you know, North Carolina golf scene. So that's a big plus for him. So, you know, it's hard to say. I'm I'm personally not going to go there. I think, you know, he's going to be a nice play for the PGA because, you know, he'll have time, I think, to get a little sharper now that he's come back. And like you said, all that other stuff settled in his life. Uh, I think he's a good pick uh, to, to win some tournaments down the road, but just a little too much volatility for me as a cash player this week. Yeah. Okay. Were you going to uh, add anything else about the odds? Yeah, there were. I want to mention a few guys that uh, I was a little stunned at where they were in the in the uh, you know what you could get them at. And I know some of these guys aren't playing well, but that's why their odds are so wacky. You know, Tommy Fleetwood, who was the Ryder Cup darling for for Europe, and he was winning stuff. You know, he's now seventy to one. His stock has just dropped. Yeah, he's really been poor for his standards lately, and yeah. he's a guy that. I love his game because he has shown up big in big tournaments, majors. And, you know, if if you could bet him 70 to 1 every week for the rest of his career, I would do it in a heartbeat. But we know that yeah. that's not going to be an option. No, no. But he could just jump up and grab one of these. Who knows? You know, speaking of other guys that have just fallen into the abyss here, Ricky Fowler's 80 to 1. <laughs> That yeah. guy was he was our Olympic representative the last Olympics that of the two guys from the US. What happened to his game? You know, it uh, he's a guy I'm glad you mentioned him. I wanted to bring him up because you know, the big story with him obviously was was he going to qualify for the Masters and he didn't. Right. He missed it. He was grinding yeah. trying to win to get in. Didn't happen. And I'm I'm thinking maybe now that the pressure of that is gone, he can just get back to regular focus. Uh, day in day out and he has great course history here he won in 2012 in that yeah. pga in 2017 he finished tied for fifth yeah you know he's he's underpriced based on his historical performance so i i'm interested in ricky this week i may roll him out there interesting i i just it's hard to believe i mean i think there were a few events he was favored or second choice you know just a couple of years back and here he is 81 way down the list uh, very bizarre. Here's a couple other names I thought you'd get a kick out of, too. One of my old-time favorites, Fran Francesco Molinari. I mean, hes you never know when he's going to throw it together. How'd you like to get 125 to 1 on him? Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, guys like that who have been a little inconsistent lately but have the great history in terms of yeah. uh, you know doing well in majors. Uh, again, that's the type of guy I'd rather bet top 20. But yeah. But yeah, he's he is the type that if he puts it together, you know he can handle these tougher courses. And it, I had to bring this last one up because I know he's a guy that you were on for a while, and he's the <clears throat> the longest odds before you play the field, and it's your buddy Seamus Power. <laughs> All right, he's back. Three hundred to one, Andrew. Love Seamus. Box cars. <laughs> guy can play lefty or righty, so you know he's a special special guy for me. There you go. So he's on there. But it's very interesting. I mean, it's it's definitely a great betting week. I mean, you can pull 
some guys here and, and bet them, you know, again, the long bombs are nice to play in the top 20. But if you really have guys that you like that are, you know, 30 to one and below, playing them top three or top five finish is really a, a nice play sometimes. Yeah, I do. And this is, you know, I'm just, I'm just fired up for this to get a good look at all these guys before the PGA. Um, yeah. Wanted to mention uh, a couple other guys in terms of their course history here. Um, your man, Max Homa, is the yeah. defending champion, quote-unquote. Yes, uh, he is. After taking last year off uh, with the pandemic. And he he played well last week at the Valspar. Uh, so he's uh, a, a decent option. Jason Day won it before him, but he's been struggling lately. So I'm not, not ready to play him. I think there's other options right around him in the price tags that are more attractive, like Brian Harmon, who won it in 17. He's yeah. uh, right around the same price as Jason Day, and he's had three straight top 13s, which... That's that's impressive. As a cash player, you got to like that a little bit, right? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, um, another lefty, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then James Hahn, of course, won it in 16. Uh, Rory had his second win here in, in 15. Uh, Fowler, I mentioned, in 2012. And then Lucas Glover won here in 2011. He's been he's been making cuts. He's he's usually a solid option in an event like this at a price like that. So um a couple couple more guys I'm looking at who play here year in and year out. And and I'll tell you, I've already built some lineups here and, and I'm hundred percent stars and scrubs this week. And so I need some of your value plays to come through. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually play two or three different lineups. I'm gonna change it up a little bit. Usually I'm a one lineup guy and and uh I'll mix, you know, when we have the podcast, I'll mix some top picks and some value picks. But I'm going to approach it differently. I'm going to play about three lineups. And I I think what I'm going to do, Andrew, I'm going to give out my three guys that I really like in the field. And I'm going to share those three, get your opinion on them, because then I'm going to filter those three lineups in with all three of these guys and then put it value below them. And, And I have some reasons why I like these three. The number one is Bryson. I think Bryson, you know, he needed to decompress for a little bit, get away and, you know, breathe for a little bit because there was so much pressure on him going into the Masters and all, you know, just a lot of swirling around him. But his length is going to be undeniably advantageous on this course. I mean, let's face it. And so, you know, where it's going to play like a, a 72 or 73 uh, you know, par 72 or 73, even for pros, it'd be like a 90 for us. But, mm-hmm. you know, for him, it's it's probably a true 71 or 70 because of his length. So he'll be on a lot of holes, the only guy or one of a few that's going to have a wedge in his hand. You know, the rest of them are still going to have seven, eight irons, whatever. And so I think that's a big advantage. <clears throat> I like him sort of under the radar. You don't, you haven't heard much about him the last few weeks. I think he comes in and is writing contention. The other guy you mentioned already, and I'll tell you why I like him, and that that is a guy that I know you're sour on, but Patrick Reed. And here's why. I remember seeing the stats and listening to the coaches in the coaches room talking about and the Ryder Cup when Patrick Reed, you know, they were talking about they wanted him to be uh, the first shot on the long par fours. Because they felt, and this was 
the team was loaded with every great player, that he was the best long-distance par four player in the entire group. That his, you know, they wanted to use his, uh, you know, his drive, and they wanted to get the rotation where he was going to have a big part in those uh, holes. And then looking up the stats, as you had alluded to earlier, he is very strong in that exact thing. So they, that isn't a trend that has changed over the last couple of years. So, you know, he's, again, if he's in contention, you know, he usually stays in contention, and I think he gets out there and gives it a run. And then my third guy, and I don't, I just, I have not been disappointed yet. So knock on wood, he's going to continue to play well. But how can you deny the season Corey Connors is having? I mean, yeah. not too many people are talking about him. But do you know he's been in contention like over and over? And he's just been fantastic. He really has. I, I can't argue with that. How could anyone? Yep. He's been so solid with the ball striking. Uh, he really has. Ter- terrific. So, so do you like the three the three uh, foundational guys for my team this week? I like where you're going with that. I like the the justification for all of them. The one okay. the one thing I'll say is Bryson sounds a little bit more like an Andrew play than a coach play. I know, you know it. I know it. Coming off this I, layoff, you're not yep. quite sure what to expect from him. He has the volatility where he can you know miss the cut or just barely make it or or win going away. And so I, I kind of like it. Obviously, I, I like plays like that uh, in in GPPs. So I I support it. But funny that this week I'm leaning a little bit more towards uh, Justin Thomas in that range. And here's well, why. He's, yeah, Thomas is the safer bet. I yeah. agree. But you know, sometimes you got to roll the dice. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We're we're flipping roles here this week. I know. Golf. Um, but that nothing wrong with that. But. With Justin Thomas, what I do like about him, and I usually pick Bryson over Justin Thomas, it seems. Know. you know. Yeah, but, and I usually take Thomas over Bryson. Right. So. <laughs> but JT, uh, he's obviously been playing, so he's more he's he's more fine-tuned right now. And I heard him talking recently, and he felt ultra-confident. And he, he kind of won me over with, hey, I'm knocking yeah. at the door. I'm so close. I love where my game's at. And he struck it well last week. He just didn't putt quite well enough. And so if yeah. he's right there banging on the door and he feels like he's ready to break through, uh, then that's why I'm going to lean that in that direction this week. I don't blame you. I mean, I think he could be uh, the highest owned guy. I think it's very possible he's the uh, uh, number one play. But we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of guys with shots here. I just, you know, I, I can't give uh, – that give up on the fact though that Bryson on a course like this it's so long it's just going to be such an advantage for him sometimes on the the shorter courses where all of them are going driver pitching wedge it's not as much of an edge but I think on this course you're going to have the short players that's going to I mean they're going to go driver uh, six iron seven iron and it's a hell of a lot difference in the PGA if you have a wedge compared to a seven, you know? No, I agree. That's why Bryson really could be uh, a terrific play uh, if he puts it together because he could really have an edge here. Yeah, it's, like you say, a bit of a boomer bust for cash, but you know what? I'm ready to reel it in. So I hopefully uh, our listeners are are taking notes on, on all of this stuff and we can come back and pull some of this info. But as usual, Andrew, I'm going to be utilizing... Uh, a lot of your picks for the value because with those three guys and that salary, I'm 
you know, I'm going to have to find some <laughs> some monster value. So uh, hopefully some of the guys you mentioned will, will come through. And, uh, you know, I think there's some guys still lower priced that really deserve to be a little bit more salary than that. So I feel good about it. Excellent. Well, let's invite people to join us and yeah. find out what those final lineups look like on FanDuel. We can give out full lineups there, uh, FanDuel and Yahoo. So we do that for the... Yeah. Full tournament, and then Friday night we give out the weekend lineups. DraftKings, we have the coaches' clipboard, of course, with the core plays highlighted, and then a bunch of other guys to consider to fill out your lineup. And uh, that's available for any membership you get with us. Whatever length of time, you get access to all of our sports. So if you're into golf and you want to uh, grab those lineups and maybe try out basketball, baseball, then do it uh, at dfscoachtalk.com. Uh, select your membership there, then we'll send you an email, get you into our Discord, uh, and we give out those lineups Wednesday evening. So plenty of time today to jump in, and then uh, you'll get the lineups for all the other sports as well. Yeah, and if you're into golf, I mean, mostly our golf players uh, that really play DFS listen to the podcast, this is the day to join because you can join for as little as $10 for a three-day pass. So you'll get all of our lineups for the full tournament tonight. And then on Friday, you'll still have your pass active. You'll get all of our picks for the weekend only golf, uh, which really some of those pools on weekend only on DraftKings and FanDuel are, are bigger than the, the full tournament ones that go in uh, that the lock is tomorrow morning. So you can catch both of those, and we'd love to have you join us. Uh, if you're watching this right now uh, on YouTube, Please take a, a quick second, hit the thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, click the little alert up in the upper corner there so you can hear when all of our pods come out. Um, you know, we don't want you to miss them. We want it to be convenient. We try to get them out early enough that uh, you can really uh, take a listen before you build your lineup. So that is it, my friend. I think we are going to wrap up golf. Uh, any final words uh, of wisdom from Mr. Golfer here? No, just going to avoid those fives on uh, May 5th here. We're going pars and birdies all weekend. Can't can't wait. And I'm shooting 66, my guys are, minus five. That's the wild number. Yeah, that's the only week. five we'll take is five under. <laughs> <laughs> and I will take it right now, mark it down. So that would be great. All right, fantastic. We appreciate it. Uh, golf's really heating up. We've got some big, big tourneys coming. Uh, good build up to the PGA. So, you know, you can always catch us here uh, every Wednesday. We, we're posting the podcast and then uh, jump in our Discord with us and, and uh, get a lot of good chatter from our community. And then we'll post those lineups uh, this evening. So we appreciate you tuning in. And we certainly look forward to it again next week when we look to crush it in DFS. <laughs>